Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roka Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. You're joining me, Gav, here tonight. It is where we record... Uh, in the immediate aftermath of Sunderland announcing the sacking of head coach Lee Johnson. Uh, unexpected news, I think, but to talk about it uh, with me this evening is my good friend Martin in Australia. How are we doing? I'm all right, yes. A little bit bleary-eyed and croaky of voice. First thing in the morning, waking up and scrolling <laughs> through through the, the Twitter feed and seeing that Johnson's gone came as a bit of a surprise. Mm, yeah, uh, and we're also joined by Craig Chapman. Hello. Yeah, good evening. It's uh, never quiet following this football club, is it? Um, <laughs> just still trying to wrap my head around what's happened this evening, and um, and obviously what's happened at Bolton as well. So yeah, still a bit, uh, still a bit shocked by it all. Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I'd, but we might we might touch on the Bolton game. Um, ultimately, though, that defeat at Bolton Martin has left us looking for a new manager because. Carol Louis Dreyfus, the Sunderland owner, has decided we need to go a different direction, and that Lee Johnson isn't the man to take Sunderland into the championship. Uh, is it the correct decision to get rid at this stage? Do you think it seems a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to me? And I think if anybody had said on on Saturday morning that by Sunday night Johnson would be out of a job, you'd have thought they were they were crazy. Like so, it seems a, a strange one for Bolton to ultimately be, be a, a must-win for. For Johnson, but it was the manner of the defeat, I think, rather than anything else, that probably sent a few shockwaves through through the club. And like we've seen, we've had a few dodgy away performances before, haven't we? We've obviously had the the games at Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, then we had the the home game against Lincoln as well recently, which you know there was something not quite right with the performance. But it just seems to have collapsed so suddenly that it it's a little bit concerning, I think. Yeah, concerning Craig or. Would you? Would you? Can you see where the the logic, the thinking has came from with the decision? Because, like Martin said, not a great performance by any stretch at Bolton. But this isn't the only incident where Sunderland have gone away somewhere and been trounced. Uh, yeah, that, that's just it, and I, and I think that's why ultimately fans have lost faith in him and the ownership included in that. And look, I'm one of those who was always Johnson in, but you've you've got to call what you see. And sadly, these these sticky patches or streaks, whatever you want to call them they just become too frequent. And we went into the new year, top of the table, rocking and rolling, and look, we, we've had a desperately poor month. Um, and and ultimately, that's that's why he's paid the price. And I had really mixed emotions walking out of Bolton. I left a 4-0, which is, it's unlike me to leave early. 
and it was just a funny one because I wanted to be angry, but ultimately I just, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed and I felt like there was genuinely a million ways that I could have spent my Saturday doing something better. But it's funny because even with all that in mind, I didn't think that they'd, they'd let him go. And um, I don't know if for, for anybody listening, it may have been different where others were sad, but I was on the far left of our fans and um, there, there was just nothing there. There was there was no chance of John, Johnson out or anything like that. And no murmurs and, and and even on the train back I genuinely didn't hear a thing and I mean I don't know perhaps everyone was as shocked as I was at um at what they just witnessed but I mean like I said it it's it has it has still come as a bit of a surprise so you know ultimately I'm I'm sad to see him go you never want to see anyone lose the job and you you wish him well for for wherever he ends up but um it's just it's very trademark Sunderland yeah, because we were talking about this when we did the Twitter live after the uh, after the news dropped that it's it's like you feel bad in a way for Johnson because he's clearly like a really good guy, like a nice person. I've met him, really down to earth, like nice guy. Like I, can, I, I, I feel for him in that regard because he so desperately wanted wanted to make it work at Sunderland and not ultimately he hasn't. It was a massive opportunity for him to take over a, a club as big as this and. Yeah, he's lost his job, and I, I do. I feel bad for him because it's awful when anyone loses their job, really, unless they're doing such a terrible job that it's it's almost untenable. And I wouldn't say it was untenable with Lee Johnson. I would just say that maybe what we need is someone who isn't as much as a people pleaser because he is. He's a nice person. He's trying to keep everyone happy. It comes across in his post match comments when he, you know, he's coming out after like a a six nil drubbing, and he's he's actually excusing it a little bit. And I'm I'm thinking mm, like. And he was talking about, in his post-match, Martin, about how when he went into the dressing room after the game, it, it was numb. Everybody was quiet. And that disappointed us. I didn't really want to hear that. I want, What I wanted to hear was uh, very little from him. He probably should have kept it short and sweet. And it should have been made clear that it, it was unacceptable. It was unacceptable. The defending was unacceptable. And that when they got back in the train changing rooms, people were calling each other out, and people were having a bit of a you know I don't I don't mind a, a bit of handbags, a bit of a bit of arguing because you know that's Man United when they were at the peak of their powers that used to go on in the changing rooms. You know it shouldn't be any different for any team who want who have high standards and want to get promoted and want to be successful. And that's what in the back of my mind is like: do the people in charge does Kirill do what do you know? Do they know? that there's just something not quite right in that dressing room and that we actually, what we need is, is somebody who's going to probably do what Johnson isn't really capable of doing and that's shaking it up a little bit and getting stuck into them when when things aren't good and, and ultimately not not standing for 6-0 defeats away from home against mid-table sides. Well, I think the, a lack of leadership on the field has been a common thing throughout the whole course of the season, hasn't it? And even if um, you look at yesterday, we had Corey Evans on the field, who's our captain. He's supposed to be a leader and showed very little in that regard. Danny Bart's just come in. He's supposed to be a leader. And I think he, he probably is, but maybe, you know, it's, it's very early days for him at the club, isn't it? But Lee Johnson seems to be a manager or a head coach who is really well in with his players, who is part of that extended group of players rather than that traditional manager who's going to rule with a little bit of fear as well as sort of coaching and managerial nous. And, you know, whether that's, you know, you, you go back to Lee Johnson's managerial record, and these runs that he has, these streaks that we've um, talked about before, they are a common theme of his 
his um, managerial career, aren't they? And like, when things are going well, and he, he rides that crest of the wave. Everybody seems to be happy and loving it and playing good football. It dips very suddenly. And he's he's been incapable now on a few occasions of picking us out of that and not letting one defeat not turn into a three or four game run. And it is such a young team. Yes, there's a couple of experienced players in there, but there is a young team. And really, like that manager or head coach needs to be able to pick them up and actually kind of remove himself from that, that feeling of disappointment and give them a, a good welly sometimes. And yeah. you kind of need you need the manager to be able to do that. And like um, after the game on Saturday, Johnson was sh- um, shell shocked in his interview. He just looked broken, and you kind of go, "It's going to be hard for him to come come back from it." And mm. you know, I I'm really mixed emotions about because I really wanted him to to succeed. And I think you know, Christian Speakman um, talked earlier in transfer window about not making rash, knee-jerk decisions on signings based on one or two games. It was a long-term plan. The pieces were in place and you know you ride out the results as long as the tra- trajectory over the course of the season was going in the right direction. Um, and whether this has been building in the background for a while and that's the final straw or whether it is a knee-jerk, like we, we don't know for certain, do we? But I'm hoping mm. that it's a decision that has been building for a while and has been talked about over the, the past weeks and months. And to have people as candidates lined up to speak to if and when they pull the trigger. Because if it's just a, a knee-jerk reaction to the 6-0, it kind of puts us right back to square one. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's, this is a big call, isn't it, Craig? Like, he, from from the manager, the, the owner even. Um, because when you look at you look at like what we've all sort of preached, Johnson needs a season, a full season, and needs to, you know, he was probably given the task, get us promoted, and he hasn't been given a clear run at it. He hasn't. He came in when he when he took the job, he came in at December time, by which point a lot of damage had been done by Phil Parkinson. This year, things have changed again, and, you know, he's been sacked. And, and, and I'm just, I, that's where I feel for him, because he hasn't been given the time, effectively, to do it, but KLD though the, the owner, this is a big call, isn't it? It's well, it's the biggest one he's made so far. I think what people would argue is they would probably consider last season and the time he's had so far as sufficient time. I'm with you in that sense. I I think you need a full season with your own players, and this was his team. But I think subsequently that's why he's, he's ultimately played the price and obviously lost his job because this is his team, and they've been batters. On several occasions now, they they aren't just one offs. Perhaps if it was just the Portsmouth game in isolation, you maybe just look at the weather, you blame the conditions, whatever. If yesterday was one nil, then maybe you can look past it. But it's it's the manner of some of these defeats that's left a really really bad taste in people's mouths. What I would say ultimately is whatever we do now with such little time left in the transfer window, it's going to take, I would say, a really brave person to come forward to say that they are capable of of ultimately securing us promotion because whoever comes in now, that that's their remit. Basically, Lee Johnson was sacked because the board no longer trust that he will succeed in his objective. But with that in mind, you know, they're going to have to come in and basically do what Lee Johnson did. They're going to have to manage somebody else's team. So what I wonder with this is if it is the case that we flash forward a couple of weeks from now with whoever's in charge, if we get another good item somewhere away from home or even if we have another off performance like Lincoln, at the stadium of light, who are people going to point the finger at? 
Are they then going to point the finger at this new guy? Are they going to point the finger at the team? Because subsequently somewhere, there is obviously something wrong. There is an underlying issue at home. We're absolutely fantastic. We've had a couple of off days, but away from home, that's what we really need to sort out. That's that's the problem. If we could have, you know, copy and pasted our results from home, we'd be running away with this league. But we're soft. We are. We're, we're absolutely soft. And, you know, what Martin said about Johnson, he, he looks a lone lost figure on the touchline. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm saddened by that because I was one of those who really, you know, ultimately when he was when he was getting a lot of criticism, I nailed my colours firmly at the mast. I said he was the right man. Even walking out of the ground at Bolton, although, I mean, I, I couldn't explain what had happened. I, I'd never seen this coming. And I mean, granted, it may have happened elsewhere in the ground. I sat on the far left-hand side of the goal, but there wasn't really many murmurings of people saying, get him out or, or chanting his name, which again, I find... I don't know, I just find the whole thing peculiar. But now, ultimately, what what, what Kirill's got to look to do is, whether it's short-term or long-term, if we don't get promoted, there's a lot of questions already about the ownership. And whether you agree with them or not, it's only going to get louder. If we do not get promoted this season, You know, people are going to start asking questions again. And it, it's just very messy. And um, and I think it could have been avoided. It really could have been avoided. Mm. But here we are again with a lot of uncertainty and we're in the... The final straight now from here till the end of April and um, I'm just starting to panic a little bit now actually I remember Dara McAnthony on our podcast previously last season the Peterborough chairman saying if you sack your manager halfway through a season you're ultimately writing the season off now I don't think we're at that, that level yet because we're not far off of the automatic spots but um, I think a lot, a lot of people have probably lost faith over the course of the past few results I think it's an interesting appointment that we, we're going to make because you know Craig you said that Anyone coming in is inheriting somebody else's side. But in, in the current setup that we have, that head coach role is kind of interchangeable because it's not the coach it making yeah. signings, isn't it? It's it's Speakman and the recruitment team. And you know, that makes it a, a difficult appointment in a lot of respects because a lot of managers probably aren't willing to work in that setup. And for a long term project, as we've we've been talking about and we've been told about, to make a short term appointment. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? It seems mm-hmm. to go against the grain of what we were actually trying to do longer term. But by sacking them, as you say, they are they are saying we need to get promoted this season and whoever we bring in has to get us up. Now, whoever comes in, actually I think there's there's an awful lot of good things. You know, this isn't a situation where everything's crap and we have to rip it all up and start again. Whoever comes in just needs to make us tougher to beat away from home. And we'll we'll actually be all right. Because home performance has been good in the main, you say great on occasion. We've got a really good squad of players, I think, that we can add to over over time. But we've got a nucleus there of a really good, promising side who can get better and better. So it's a great position for a new person to come in. But to get the right person who's not actually going to change that much, but just make us defensively solid, maybe get a bit more, you know, change that role in the dressing room a little bit where he does give a bollocking to them. Obviously, we don't know if he does or doesn't, but it doesn't seem as if he does. And most importantly, able to get the respect of the crowd immediately, which I think is a massive thing for any Sunderland manager. I think Lee Johnson tried to had to try to earn that respect and didn't actually get there with, with a lot of people. But a Sunderland manager needs to manage the crowd as well as the players and the rest of the club. So getting that person who can do all of that, who's willing to work as a head coach and not as a traditional manager, it's a bit of a needle in a haystack job. Do you think it's a fair argument in terms of whoever we appoint 
that it might underwhelm a lot of people because I'm I'm kind of trying to cast my memory back now to the last manager that came in that people not necessarily were blown away by, but perhaps instantly thought that this is somebody who can manage the situation. I think back to maybe Chris Coleman, his stock was quite high after doing very well at Wales and people instantly thought, well, here's a guy who can get us out of this mess and, and ultimately failed. I don't think Jack Ross was a name that perhaps inspired many. Phil Parkinson, again, the same, even Lee Johnson. So I'm, I'm just wondering now, you look down the list of these potential appointments, realistically speaking, I think a lot of people have this this idea. I've already got messages coming in now from, from friends saying, oh, we should get Warnock, we should get Big Sam or any anybody like that. And I, I mean, again, I just don't think that's possible at this stage, whether it's going to be an internal appointment or anything like that, I don't know. But I, I, at this at this moment, you, you're talking about this, this need, this desire to manage the crowd. Whoever comes in, they're going to be under enormous pressure immediately because even if they get, say, like an 18-month deal or anything like that, it's kind of like Johnson at the back end of last season. He ultimately failed. He got us to the playoffs, but people wanted him out straight away because, well, he didn't get us promoted. So yeah. is this a situation that we're going to potentially be revisiting maybe a couple of months from now? If we don't go up, whoever comes in, are we then going to be saying again, well, look, you've had three months, you've had 17, 18 games, you've, you've failed, so now you've got to go. It's just, it's just a very dangerous situation, I think, at the moment. And no, I, I think, I think to be honest, a lot of people will be looking at us now thinking they're going to fancy their chances to either catch up on us or ultimately that we're going to fall away. We need, we need a new manager bounce instantly, put it that way. I, I think it'll be a short-term appointment. I, I just don't see us appointing anybody beyond the end of the season because of the nature of Johnson going. Like if this was still a case of, well, if we don't go up at the end of this season, that's all right as long as we go up next season. Johnson would still be here because mm-hmm. you go, right, you just need to tweak the away games and get better at getting grinding results out away from home. And we're actually on the right path. So this, like to me, sacking them says everything, we're putting everything on getting promoted this season. Whoever we bring in has to do that. And you look at our next five games, they're all perfectly winnable games. I think we've got three at home and two away or three away and two at home. But, you know, we've got Doncaster, we've got Cheltenham, you know, we've actually got a nice run of five games where they are perfectly winnable. And then we go to Wigan. And if we win those five games, we're back tracking yeah. over two points per game, which puts us in a really good position. So I think they've gone, with this run of games before we play Wigan, we've got to make a change now. But it's an immediate bounce that we need. It's not yeah. mm-hmm. bring somebody in and things will develop long term and we'll grow and progress and all that. Stuff. It's actually come in, get results. And really, that's what we need between now and the end of the season. Yes, I was just about to say that. I was, I'm looking at the fixtures now and the timing of it's pretty curious because you look at it and you think, well, let's say they didn't sack Lee Johnson. He's then got three very winnable games coming up and again, the dynamic shifts and they're probably looking and thinking, how long can we afford to wait really? Because like, they'll, they'll be looking at it and they'll be saying, well, you've got Doncaster at home next. If you bring a new manager in, what better way to announce them? Bring them in, first game, playing a poor team, at home where we're usually pretty good. And then you follow that up with two perfectly winnable um, away games. And we, then You did think that when Lee Johnson Lee came Johnson in, he started up against Wigan, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after those two perfectly winnable away games, you've got MK Don, so we're only just below us on the table. Yeah. So it's not. It's I don't actually think it's the next five games. I think it's it's like they're looking at it now and thinking, by the time we play MK Dons, we need to be in good form. Because after that, you've got Burton, who are always a hard game for us at the Stadium of Light, always give us a good game, and then you've got Wigan. So the way that, the way that in my mind, they were either going to have to do it now or not do it at all, 
because when you look at those fixtures the way they're laid out you you would you're only going to be able to, there's only a short window to give that new manager um the opportunity to to really that that new manager bounce you're talking about to get that and to be in, in decent form and in decent shape by the time you play those really important games because they are the huge when you look at it so that's maybe where Lee Johnson has been a little bit unlucky is that obviously they've, they've been I would imagine they've been fairly unconvinced about him recently, which is why it's happened. But he probably knows that had he still been in the job, we would have a good chance of getting nine points from those games. But then you've got a I'm, again while you were talking there, I was looking at the a detailed version of the league table, and our away form under him this season has been shocking, and I just didn't realise it was truly that bad. It's been unacceptable. Yeah, fifteen fifteen games, five wins, conceded thirty goals. Yeah, like that. You you aren't you ain't getting promoted with that. Well, look at the two teams above us, Martin. Wigan have won ten of their thirteen games away yeah. and lost once, and Rotherham have won seven out of thirteen, I think, and they've only lost three. So, and and Rotherham, interestingly, have only conceded five goals away from home all season. Jesus, where we've Is conceded it? thirty. That's the difference at the minute. That they're we're not quite good enough. And it's it's interesting with with Johnson because I went when he first came in. I don't know if you remember he took over at like. 1pm or something, didn't he, on the um, the day of the Wigan game. And he, he put in completely a new system. Like We've been playing five at the back under Parkinson and he went straight away to a back four without any training sessions and all that sort of stuff, which you can say that's a, a confident manager. You can say that's an arrogant manager. You can say that's somewhere in between. And his approach to away games this season has almost bordered on the arrogant in terms of we're playing this system. We're not going to alter how we play based on who we, we're playing. We're doing well at home. We're blowing some teams away at home, so we're just going to do exactly the, try to do exactly the same thing away from home. And we, we need to be a little bit more pragmatic away from home. Go, you know what? Let's set up differently. Let's be a bit more defensive. Let's grind it out. I, I fully agree with that, Martin. I mean, Gav, obviously you, you were there at Bolton, but I think you could tell after the first ten minutes we were so sloppy in possession at the back. Torben Hoffman with some really terrible straight passes out wide, and they just pressed us and pinned us in. And there was a good few occasions you think, we've got to change this now. And then when they could when they scored, you think, right, okay, maybe let's, you know, kind of adjust now. And we just did not heed the warning. And I think I think that's where a lot of people's arguments have stemmed from about this having no plan B. It just seems when when we're on form, especially at home, I think a lot of people would agree that we're probably the best side in the league. I mean, you look at the Sheffield Wednesday performance, for example. When when we get going we are very hard to stop. However, when somebody, you know, comes and, and aggravates us, comes and frustrates us, we, we don't really have an alternative game plan. And and you look at some of the points that we've dropped in recent weeks. Wickham, you just need to hold on. Accurate and Stanley, again, they're down to 10. Some of them are really, really silly and costly. And and I think you are quite right in that sense that it's, it's just... Whoever comes in now, essentially, we're, we're going to have to learn to play different ways. Um, but I think with with whoever with whoever comes in, ultimately, we can't do four at the back. We can't we can't stop crosses. It's we are we are going to have to revert back to to hopefully getting a lot of big men playing in defence because ultimately, when balls were coming in against Bolton, they just flooded the box. And it and honestly, at times, it seemed like they had five more men than we did. They they just attacked us by numbers every single time, and as soon as they went forward, you just knew they were going to score. However, at home, it's weird because that just doesn't happen. 
And it's good, you know, as a as a fan, that's frustrating that we haven't got a plan B. As a player, that must be demoralizing. If you're getting sent out, doing exactly the same thing away from home and getting exposed like that. And yes, look, the players have got to take a lot of responsibility in in this as well, especially for Saturday's game and the other away games that we've suffered heavy defeats upon. But if, as a player, if you're going out and if you're following the manager's instructions and he's leaving you wide open and he's setting you up like that, and you, you go out going, shit, we're doing exactly the same things we did at Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. That's not good for, for anybody. So, you know, there's, there's all these questions here and it's kind of like, where does that philosophy come from? Is it Johnson's philosophy that he speaks about? Is it Speakman's philosophy? Because if, if that's Speakman's philosophy that Johnson's executing, the new fella's just going to do exactly the same. same. Yeah. So, you know, the, it's going to be really interesting how this all pans out because we can see what's needed. And I actually don't think we're that far off. But how we respond to this over the, you know, the coming days and weeks and months is going to be quite intriguing to watch. Who do you want, Craig? If I've got a opinion on you now, who do you want? Um... Because this isn't an easy one to answer. Like it isn't. Bef- we were talking about. We were talking about this on the Twitter space. There is nobody jumping off the page to me right now, and Not I don't know. Minute. if That's just me. I think. I think realistically speaking, like I said. <sighs> Whoever's going to come in, I think, may underwhelm people. That's not me being negative because I'm typically Sunderland's biggest happy clapper. But I just think in, in respect of the names mentioned, on online in particular, a lot of people are saying Sam Allardyce, a lot of people are saying Roy Keane and stuff like that. And I, I just cannot see characters and personalities of that particular ilk coming in and saying, yeah, OK, I'll come in and you do everything. Essentially, I report to you and I, I'm only responsible for picking the team and, and coaching them. So I'll be honest, I, I I genuinely don't have an answer at this moment because I, I really wasn't expecting Lee Johnson to go. I mean, like I mentioned beforehand, I think once you get past that 24-hour window and he hasn't gone at that point, you think, right, OK, we're going to roll the dice again and go into next weekend with a winnable tie. But the fact that Jamie McAllister's now gone as well, if we don't have an appointment in by the weekend, then you, it begs the question, who's going who's gonna to take the team? So mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I've got absolutely no idea. And at this moment, I know that there was a fake Twitter account which mentioned um, Duncan Ferguson. And I thought, Christ almighty, if there's somebody who would have put the fear of God in them after a 6-0 drubbing, it would be him. <laughs> um, no. Give it hey, a Bobby Saxton. A- G- give it a Bobby Saxton. <laughs> I don't think that's such a ludicrous suggestion. It's, it's not, to be honest. But be me- well, Bobby Saxton? Ah, but give no, it a Bobby, Bobby yeah. Oh, well, if Bobby wants it, he can have it. Uh, no, Duncan Ferguson, obviously. I, I don't think that's a ludicrous suggestion, given he was down to the, the final two to get the, the Everton job. And he's he's well-respected as a coach. Everyone knows what he's like. He's very honest. He's very hard. These are all values we're probably all missing right now. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally underwhelmed by it. I can't say the positives in it. Um, but I would say that, that he would, even that would probably be underwhelming to some. I've seen um, John Terry linked, but he seems to get linked with every job. But again, uh, not not a not a particularly warm personality. But he is somebody who has won a lot, and winning mentality is big. Particularly when you when you are the biggest club in League One, you, you know having somebody at the top who has won things, who knows what it's like to win, who's been in those pressure situations, isn't the worst thing in the world. But uh, any other suggestions? I I think it's reasonable to suggest that whoever we go for is probably going to be out of work. Because unless we've oh, sort, yeah, we're, we yeah, we aren't we aren't we're going to Forest Green, we aren't going to MK Dons. No. That ain't happening. No, no, because we we essentially we don't have time to go and basically take somebody's manager off them. Not now, short term, perhaps until until the summer, if that's what they want to do. Um, 
But I, I would immediately rule that one out because I've seen a lot of people suggesting that we are going to, you know, potentially knock on the door MK Duns. But um, teams know they can drive a hard bargain with us. It was the same when we were interested in Coventry's manager. Um, when Jack Ross left, compensation figures will just go through the roof. But um, unless somebody's, you know, desperately leave and and maybe forces um forces a team's hand, but it's it's definitely going to be somebody out of work. I would say. Mm. And you you look at again like that that obvious need now that's been underlined by this decision to get promoted and you go okay who is going to get you promoted who offers the you know nothing's ever a guarantee but who offers you the biggest chance or the best thing approaching a guarantee to get you up this season in however you know 15 16 games however many we've got left so you immediately go to somebody experienced somebody who's done it before who can just come in get an impact get us up and then you review it at the end of the season don't you if we have gone up so like yeah. that kind of leads you to, to names like Warnock, Allardyce, McCarthy, and stuff like that. But that I didn't kind, say Grant McCann. And yeah, and that's you know, there's some that are probably slightly more appealing than others, but none of them are really appealing. None of them fit in with that long term strategy that we've we look to have in place. So kind of go, is it somebody like Duncan Ferguson? What guarantees does he get give you of getting up? None at all, because he's completely unproven. It's a really interesting a really interesting choice to, to make. And as I say, you hope that there's there's some people lined up to, to talk to who they've identified as being somebody who can slot in to, to Lee Johnson's role. And, you know, Jermaine Defoe, who knows? Somebody come in, give it a, <laughs> give it a boost. Maybe that's why it's... No. It's on. <laughs> that I'm is a moment. Saying, I'm saying that very tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, it, it, could, <laughs> yeah. it could be something completely left field, couldn't it? Well, that, yeah, it could be somebody from abroad that's been mentioned too. You know, that would suit the um, the model of head coach, wouldn't it? You know, there's, there's a lot of teams in this country who have looked at Germany and brought in coaches from there. <clears throat> um, long term, I could see that as a thing. I just think because this is going to, it's definitely going to be a short term appointment of someone who's out of work. I think you, you're looking at a, in a more limited pool and it might not necessarily be someone who you'd expect to fit the mould of head coach in that bracket. But like... Uh, you look at the, the the length of time left in the season. What's three months? We don't need somebody who's like, you know, like an Allardyce. Just say, for instance, Sam Allardyce be mentioned because he's out of work. People love him. He's done a good job here before. You know, you throw enough money at him and he'll come to League One. I'm telling you, he would. But like, I actually think, generally speaking, that isn't the type of the profile of manager that would suit what we need. But right now, as a club who are, um, who are sort of like looking for that extra 15 20% to go from being a third and fourth place team to a second or first place team that might not be such a bad idea he will organize you defensively but at the minute i just don't know and i think um i think over the coming days that'll obviously become a lot more clear to us and we'll be there to uh, to react as it as it comes in but uh, yeah cheers lads i think we'll leave it there for now as there isn't a lot more to go off really other than that uh, Lee Johnson is sacked uh, hopefully by the time this drops and people listen to what we've had to say there'll be more news um, we will be going live on Twitter on uh, deadline day which is Tuesday if you listen to this I imagine uh, will be no sorry Monday I'm going to get my dates mixed up yeah if you listen to this on Monday we'll be going live on deadline day on Twitter just to uh, count down the last few hours of the transfer window and probably talk more about the managerial situation hopefully by that point there'll be some clear candidates and favourites for the job um, and you can catch us over on the Rotor Report Twitter page uh, Twitter, Twitter space live 
And obviously there'll be plenty of reaction over on RotoReport.com as the days progress to what's going on with the managerial situation. But uh, yeah, cheers, lads. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Martin. Have a good day. Nice and early where you are. Cheers. And Craig, get some sleep, mate. You look knackered. It's uh, it's just watching us a bolt, isn't it? It takes it out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, catch you later. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.